Our scripture for today comes from Psalm 105, and I'll be reading verses 1 through 4. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wonderful works. Glory in his name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I'd like for you to think with me for a moment about your favorite meal. And depending on the time of day that you are tuning in to this sermon, this could be dangerous, so I apologize in advance if you're hungry. I want you to think about the meal you request for your birthday, the meal that tastes like home or heaven to you. My grandmother's dressing and gravy at Thanksgiving, my dad's strawberry cake at Easter, my mom's artichoke dip at Christmas, and now my own recipe for homemade cinnamon rolls. These are the meals, smells, flavors, and rituals that shape who I am. How about you? Layering and pairing specific flavors and textures is essential to good food. And for those of you who know me, I'm a total foodie. Love talking about food and thinking about food. It's interesting because the Psalms hold some of the most rich and complex flavors and textures in the Bible. Hebrew poetry is as intricate and thoughtful and conflicted as a baked Alaska dessert, which is this meticulously layered delicacy with ice cream on the inside and fire on the outside. The Psalms cut to the quick of our lives, straight to the point, while at the same time adding shape and dimension. They are simultaneously rich, yet concise, deeply familiar, yet freshly relevant. Hebrew poetry uses several literary devices for this purpose, to make the text rich and deep, including the literary device called parallelism. We actually see parallelism often in Hebrew poetry. We just don't necessarily realize it. A parallel line of poetry includes half a line of text and then a second line that's parallel to the first. A parallel phrase of scripture that many of us know well comes from Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Parallel lines of poetry say something about each other. The second line often elevates or supports or carries the reader more deeply into the first line. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I want for nothing. What does it mean for the Lord to be the shepherd of my life? Well, it means that within the watchful care of God's love, I lack 
nothing. Some lines of parallel Hebrew poetry are deeply familiar to us. We can recite them from memory. And at the same time, these familiar words come to us in fresh and surprising ways as we encounter new life moments. All four of our verses today are parallel lines of poetry, which means that it's important for us to ask what the first and second lines say about each other and about us. If we were rocks in a creek bed and these words ran over us like water day after day, how would they shape us over time? What depth and flavor do these words offer you and me as we seek to be formed in Christ's love? How do these words metabolize within us collectively to become salt and light that we pour out in our community and in the world. Today's passage speaks to the external expression of praise and storytelling, of God's people narrating for the human community the story of God's mighty works. God's story is shared at church but it's also meant to be shared with friends around the dinner table and across the world, on the playground and the field, at the doctor's office and among our colleagues. What does it mean to praise and give thanks to God? Ask the first lines of verses 1 and 2. It means we share with each other the work that God has done in our lives and throughout time. The external expression of sharing God's work with each other and with our community presumes an internal reality in which God's presence is continually practiced. In other words, we don't just think, talk, or sing about God when we are in church. Rather, as Eugene Peterson says in his paraphrase of Romans 12:2, we allow God to be present with us in our everyday, ordinary life, our sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. This is how we tell God's story. God's presence is not limited to quiet times, and worship, or the shiny and perfect places in our lives. God comes to us in the coffee spilled on the carpet, the sticky popsicle fingers on our clean clothes, and failed attempts to keep the house clean. God comes to us in lonely children, elderly loved ones in need of care, and unexpected requests to keep the grandchildren for a few hours. God comes to us in the shiny and perfect, but most often in the shabby and imperfect, whispering to us, will you allow me to be with you in this part of your day? In the cracks, the imperfections and interruptions This internal reality was as strange 4,000 years ago as it is today. 
The Israelites lived in a time and place of many gods, just as we do. They were called radical monotheists, an idea that's still radical in 2020. They knew just as we do that it's more, pro- it's more pragmatic to continually seek things like wealth, acceptance, survival, or maybe just some basic stability like a weekly meal plan and some clean laundry every once in a while. Continually seek God's presence, glory in God's name. These words in Psalm 105 are so rich, so flavorful. Glory in whose name? Seek whose presence? Yahweh, the carefully layered and seasoned name for God, expressing the inexpressible and radical nature of God's presence in ours. The other day as I studied the Hebrew in which these verses were first written down, I came across something fascinating about the Hebrew word for glory. This is a really important word to study and seek understanding of for followers of Christ. The Greek and Hebrew words for glory remind us that this word we like to use so often in our God talk doesn't always mean what we think it means. Glory in Yahweh's holy name. Seek Yahweh's presence continually, commands given in verses 3 and 4. The word glory in Hebrew and English expresses a boastful and flashy, confetti-filled praise and power. But in Hebrew, the word also alludes to divine light and warmth. So if you begin to hear those layers in verses 3 and 4, it's as if these words say, you will find strength and rejoicing when you allow yourself to bask in God's warmth and light. Bask in the soul-filling, world-holding warmth of God's love, and there you will find strength and joy. The hard thing about these words and about living that way is that we really prefer to be the source of our own strength and happiness. We like to strive and prove ourselves. Yet in striving and proving, we tend to lose touch with our souls and we are so vulnerable to plugging up the cracks and imperfections in our lives where God's presence most readily comes to us. When we try to be our own source of love and light, we ultimately find it very difficult to be present in our own lives, let alone present with God. But the essence of God Yahweh is presence, inviting presence 
Will you let me be here with you? God whispers. Over the last several years, I've had the privilege of hearing people in our congregation share the story of how they came to know Jesus. In every story, the common denominator is relationship. That is to say, if we are able to more fully and deeply follow Christ, it's only because we have people who have chosen to bear witness to God's presence in our lives by being present with us. I'd like to tell you today about one of those people for me. One of those people who bore witness to God's presence in my life by being present with me. In my late teens, I developed a life-threatening illness. And my recovery from that illness would not have been possible without the people in my life. One of those people was Bernadine. Bernadine was my therapist for two years. In a lot of ways, Bernadine served as a midwife, laboring with me through pain and despair and weakness as God worked mightily to bring new life in my body and soul. Bernadine chose to be present with me in those shabby and imperfect days of my journey. Her presence changed my life. Bernadine loved turtles. She had all kinds of turtles in her beautiful office. Turtles from all over the world. Pictures of turtles, little turtle plant holders, sculptures. I think there was even a turtle footrest that I used to put my feet on. We talked often about the turtle, an ancient symbol of longevity, wisdom, patience, and strength. The turtle helped me learn about standing up for myself on the outside while still being tender and gentle with my soul on the inside. Bernadine was wise, patient, and strong. She was intuitive. She shared those gifts with me. She is among my spiritual mothers. Unfortunately, Bernadine passed away far too early and was buried on my birthday 11 years ago. Her wisdom and her strength are still with me. In 2019, a few days before the tornado here in Jefferson City, a turtle showed up in our yard. This was big excitement at the co-house, as you might imagine. This turtle was slow and shy and preferred to be under the bushes in our front yard, but one day I caught this picture of her warming herself on our driveway, basking in the warmth of the sun, allowing the light to give her energy and life. These words in the Psalms are for me a rich, soul-filling feast Reminding me to pause, to bask, to allow God to be present with me, to fill me, to enliven me, strengthen me, 
and to let this be my way of life. Bask in the warmth of God's love. There you will find strength and joy. Friends, let us not forget that the human community hungers and thirsts to feast around God's banquet table. When we choose to be present with what is and allow God to be present with us, we are basking in the warmth of God's love. And this way of being allows us to be present with others, to see them, to know them, to love them. As we do this work together in committed and intentional ways, we'll look around and realize that we are living and sharing God's story for the sake of the world. We are salt and light. Right now, the world needs people who can be present and rooted in love. And so this week, I challenge you to reach out in love to the people around you in your words, your actions, and your presence. Remember the power of presence, showing up and listening. I challenge you this week to talk openly and honestly about your faith. Talk with someone about what God is up to in your life and ask them what God is up to in theirs. And lastly, I challenge you to pause, breathe deeply, and be present with God and allow God to warm and fill your soul. Bask in the warmth of God's love. There you will find strength and joy. To close our time of worship today, I'd like to offer as our benediction the breath prayer we prayed earlier. Present one, you are my joy and strength. Please pray with me. Present one, you are my joy and strength. Amen.